Good morning, and welcome to today's podcast. Um, today, we're going to talk about um, focusing on enhanced community pharmacy services and the kind of the process and, and transitioning um, steps to get to a place where you're offering multiple services. Um, I'm joined today with my co-host, Joe Moose. Welcome, Joe. Hey, great to be here today, Ashley. Appreciate it. Um, I'm excited about our guest today. Uh, we always have great guests, but today's guests are are uh, super close to me, and and, and I, I feel like they're my children in some sense. So I, I've got two past Moose Pharmacy residents who have gone on to do some some really exciting things in, in moving the profession and, and helping people transform those practices. So uh, one of our guests today is Kelsey Trans. Kelsey is a coach for Flip the Pharmacy, as well as a, a clinical coordinator for Moose Pharmacy here in North Carolina, our pharmacies. And um, joining us today, also we have Carly Trailer. Carly is with NCPA and, and got some exciting news and some exciting upcoming programs to tell us about with NCPA. So uh, these two past uh, residents of mine have really made me proud and have gone on to do some some exciting things to help many pharmacies across the country, uh, even early in their career that it is. So uh, it, it, looking forward to today's podcast, especially. So we'll start out with Kelsey. Um, Kelsey, uh, you know, we really want to talk about transformation of the practice and, and how do you get from you know we've got a lot of great pharmacies out there that are taking care of people in their community and they're doing a really good job of filling prescriptions fast accurately and cheap and and making sure mrs jones is really taken care of but they haven't quite transformed their practice into this this new model of value-based care and this new model where they're really taking advantage of all their enhanced services and we know that 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 you've been doing coaching for the flip the pharmacy effort out there. And, and you know, can you, you've been in a number of different pharmacies and I'm sure they're all in different places in terms of their readiness to, to transform their practice and readiness to change and start doing some of these, these new things. What, what characteristics have you seen in some of the pharmacies that you've been in that you say, Hey, those characteristics translated into a, a practice that was really able to change and, and and adopt these these new kind of a transformed model and a newer model. Yeah, yeah, Joe. When I think about my pharmacies that I coach for the Flip the Pharmacy Project, there's really three characteristics that I kind of stuck out as as characteristics that separate the pharmacies that are able to perform these enhanced services um, compared to other pharmacies that really struggle and haven't been able to be successful. Um, the things that, that reach out to me and that speak to me the most at these pharmacies are first the, the willingness and the ability to change and to want to move towards this new model. Um, these pharmacies also have systems and processes in place once they do have um, where they're going to go in mind. And then they also communicate and continuously communicate with their staffs about um, what they're going what they're doing and what where their pharmacy is going. So, so by communicate, uh, what does that mean? Do they just say, "Hey, today we're all going to do MTMs," or today when we do deliveries, we want you to make sure that they get this message? Well, give me, give me some way I could communicate with my staff better than what I'm currently doing. 
Yeah, I see um, a lot of these pharmacies bringing it up consistently in in meetings with their staff members. So not letting it be something that's forgotten about, but talking about it in person um, in the pharmacies. The other thing that they're doing, which it, it really speaks to out of sight, out of mind. We all know how we can get busy in the pharmacy and what's in front of you is what you're thinking about. And these pharmacies that have been really successful are able to have a, a, a dashboard of their clinical performance. So they have their equipped scores and they have their um, measurements and they have their SIG goals all on a wall. So everyone in their pharmacy can see where they're at and what they're going and what they're working towards. So Kelsey, as, as you're working with some of these pharmacies, what type of coaching principles are you offering? So are, are we talking about um, you know, offering MTM for the first time, or are we offer, or, or are we talking about you know specific services, um, maybe like adherence programs, or or other um, types of um, services that that you're seeing progress. Yeah. Um, so really right now, especially with Flip the Pharmacy, what we're working on is with or what we did last progression was blood pressure monitoring. So um, working on um, pharmacies to be able to help monitor patients who have high blood pressure um, in their pharmacy. And, you know, they're often these pharmacies are doing they're syncing their patients medications, following up at it on adherence. But um, the next step for them was to be monitoring and asking patients about blood pressure. So um, we had pharmacies that we just started asking their technicians to reach out to patients when they're doing their adherence calls and just asking simply what their blood pressures were. This was able to get the technicians more involved in the sync process for these patients and involved in this enhanced service model. Technicians started asking about um, being able to, what do these blood pressure numbers mean and how can I get involved? When do I have to tell the pharmacist um, when these numbers are high or low? And, and then after that, once they kind of had that process down, these pharmacies were able to um, get these numbers in front of their their pharmacists and pharmacists were able to make interventions. So it was something that they really slowly, and this was over a three, four, five month period where they started off just with a little intervention of just asking what their blood pressures were. And then they even, some, some of my pharmacies even had you know, got their blood pressure cuff up and running and were able to show technicians how to help patients monitor their blood pressures in the pharmacy. So you not only had patient reported values, but you also had pharmacy um, recorded values. And then the third step that they kind of added and slowly implemented then was a pharmacist actually taking those numbers and, and doing something and making clinical interventions to improve the care for that patient. So, so I'm in a pharmacy, and, and I know I've got to change my model, and uh, I, I'm willing to do something about it. Uh, you know, I want to I want to buy I want to buy a package, or I want to go to a meeting. You know, and I've I've been to meetings in the past. I've gone to the NCPA convention, and I get a whole notebook full of great ideas, and I come back, and, and I want to I want to implement this whole notebook. But when I come back, I've got a week's worth of mail that I didn't do while I was going to the NCPA convention. I got all the problems. I've got a technician whose child um, has been in detention, so she has to stay at home with them. And all these things that have happened in my pharmacy, 
yet I'm trying to figure out how do I, you know, how do I start this implement service? I, I'm going to throw it first to Kelsey. How do, where do I start? How do I, you know, what's the, what would be step number one um, for that kind of pharmacy that wants to change? I'm willing to change. I, I, I think I'm able, but I'm not even sure I'm able to change, but I am willing and I'm wanting to change. I, I think the, the first thing to, that you probably want to do is identify a champion or someone in their pharmacy. And I think often pharmacy owners or managers think that that person is them. But like what Joe was saying, you got you got your week's worth of mail and you have the other staffing issues. So there's likely someone else in your pharmacy who's excited about these projects, whether it's a, um, a technician or a, another pharmacist that can help you get involved. Um, so having someone kind of take the lead on and be the motivating factor with this as your pharmacy continues, but not putting it all on that person. So having the whole team involved so that when, you know, this this champion, whoever it is, when they're talking about their, um, you're wanting to do a blood pressure program or a new immunization program or whatever they're excited about and wanting to do or this new packet that NCPA put out, um, that the whole team is aware and involved in that program so that everyone on the team is working to- together towards that goal. Yeah, great. So, so, so Carly, kind of same question is, tell us about your program and how that might be a tool. I mean, uh, if, uh, Kelsey does a great job of coaching these pharmacies and does a great job with our pharmacy at coaching our staff and us. And, and I think, you know, if, if we look around – Every top performing athlete has a has a coach. You know, uh, Tiger Woods has a coach. Uh, Michael Jordan had had a coach. It, it doesn't matter how good you think your pharmacy is. You know, you could benefit from someone uh, being a coach, and it's not always you know your best pharmacist, as, as Kelsey said. So, kind of tell us your vision uh, with your program and what NCPA has going on, and, and how you think it might help solve some of these issues that, that pharmacies have trying to transform their practices? Absolutely. I think that's a great question. And thank you all for including me in today's podcast. So so really what we're looking at when you want to make change, um, specifically with enhanced services, you look for two things, right? You want the pharmacy to have the capacity, the infrastructure to support enhanced services, but you also need the leader, right? You need that change agent, the person in the field, um, the coach that we're talking about. So I really love what the pharmacy has done over the last year at addressing that first piece, that that capacity. And they've even got that coach that comes and sees you. But getting that change agent, that person in the pharmacy that's there day in, day out, they can help provide feedback, provide leadership for these services. That's what we as an organization with NCPA and CPSN want to address. So when we look at change agents, the best producer of a change agent is a residency program. That's our current model. That's that's what we see in um, in our profession. That our our highest performing pharmacies have residents or residency trained community pharmacists. So we wanted to address that and go. How can we bring change agents to scale? How can we create a program that goes beyond a single CE session, beyond a package, and deliver the instruction that these pharmacies so desperately need? So what we've developed and what I'm really excited to get started um, with is called the NCPA Innovation Center CPSN Community Pharmacy Fellowship. So this is a year-long program, runs September through August. 
And we've basically taken that idea of, well, a residency is a site training an individual. What if we as an organization train the individual to then impact the site? So our ultimate goal is to train change agents. So we have cultivated a killer faculty, a killer lineup of pharmacists from across the country who are excelling at enhanced services. And they're going to be giving behind the scenes tour, tours of their pharmacy, you know, playbooks. So this is how we made the changes that needed to get made. Um, and we're doing all that virtually. So there's no travel requirements for the fellows that are in the program. Um, and we've, we've curated the list of topics in consultation with CPSN and Flip the Pharmacy. We want to reinforce the tenets of these two programs. Um, and we're doing that by partnering with incredible pharmacy faculty to get that done. Early. The NCPA fellowship is designed to bring in support through the through the structure of a fellowship to help guide community pharmacies to be able to offer or um, enhance the services that they have going on. Is that is that the intent of this? Absolutely. Our, we want the graduates of this program to be change agents in their pharmacy. So to be leading these services, implementing them, um, making adjustments to the workflow so that we're moving beyond just a product-centric workflow and moving to a service-centric workflow. And in this model, is how, how have you organized it such that um, community pharmacies can get involved? Is there a limit of how many community pharmacies uh, they can touch. I imagine they run out of bandwidth at, at some way, but how is it structured so that if I'm a pharmacy um, in uh, the, rural, the rural part of the state in North Carolina, how can, how can that help my pharmacy? Absolutely. So the fellow can be, this is what's great about it, is that the fellow can be an existing pharmacy employee. It can be someone you hired specifically to fill this role. It can be a new grad. It can be someone with 20 plus years experience. Um, it's really meant to meet the practitioner where they're at. And so we've structured it with three main pieces to the program. So you've, you've got these didactic or lecture-based studies, which are the topics that I referenced earlier. Um, so we're producing 24 over the first year that the, the fellow would be a part of. Then we have um, discussion groups where um, the fellows get to have a more like a smaller setting where they can share their um, struggles, but also their triumphs and get mentorship from luminaries, you know, leading across the country. And then they're also working on a capstone project. So they're working on a big project throughout the year that they will then turn into a manual. That's their report is this is how I did it. And that manual will be put on file that future fellows can then go back to and refer to um, as a source material for creating those services at their pharmacy. That's great. That, that sounds like an exciting program. Now, Tell me exactly how this program is different. You mentioned Flip the Pharmacy and Residency. How is it different from Flip the Pharmacy and how is it different from doing a residency program? Yes. So the first one, how is it different from Flip the Pharmacy? So Flip the Pharmacy is focused on the overall capacity of the pharmacy to, to perform these enhanced services, right? They're focused on that infrastructure, whereas the fellowship is very much focused on 
training and building up that individual to act as a change agent at that pharmacy. So they really, they fit those two pieces of the, of the equation, right? So you've got the capacity and you've also got the change agent. Now the fellowship could work at a pharmacy that's not a part of Flip Pharmacy. It can work with a, with a group that is. So it doesn't, that's not necessarily a qualifying factor. You just have to be a CPSN pharmacy. Um, so that's how they, they work together really well. The second question about how is this different from a residency? So we really looked at the current residency model and we wanted to try and to lower some of the barriers to getting involved. So we've taken a lot of the education on our shoulders. Like I mentioned, we've kind of created this centralized virtual classroom um, so that it's not so much the site educating the individual, it's our program educating the individual to then impact that site. So subtle differences, but then that really helps us address that need of scalability. So we're our first class, we're aiming to get around 30 fellows for the first year, but what we've built can easily handle 100 plus closer to 1,000 over the next couple of years as we build this program up um, and able to bring it to scale so that we're turning out these change agents that are able to make big a big impact on the pharmacies where they're planted at. So, Carly, for the attendees that's listening on the podcast today, and can, can you provide some information on where they can go to learn more about this fellowship and, and when to expect, um, you know, more of a timeline of um, activity to start occurring? Absolutely. So, um, we're recording this a little bit earlier in the week. The applications are due on July 31st. But if I've got a pharmacy that's really passionate and, and really wanting to get involved with us, we're willing to accept late applications through the first week of August. And we are hoping to finalize the class between the first and second week of August. And orientation will begin the last week of August. Um, and then the program will get started on officially on September 1. Okay. So you've heard it. September 1 will be the start date. We're listening um, this morning on August 1st. and so. Um, we're behind, but it sounds like there's still an opportunity, a small window, if you and get in touch with Carly and, and get online and, and look on the application materials, there's still opportunity um, that may be considered. And how do I find you, Carly, or how do I find the application? Absolutely. You just go to ncpa.org slash fellowship is the website. And um, all of my contact information is on there. Please don't hesitate to email me. My email is just carly.trailer at ncpa.org. Um, happy to help in any way, um, answer any questions you may have. Okay, we'll link that in the show notes today as well for anybody who's interested. Um, you can refer to those notes um, to get the, the, the link. You know, Carly, so you, you've outlined one pathway um, that's that's available for community pharmacies and, and those looking to transform. And we've heard, Kelsey, you mentioned the very first thing that came out of your mouth on what are the characteristics of a successful pharmacy that seems to be in the process and the momentum of transforming, you have to have the willingness to change. And what do you think are, um, you know, as, as you're coaching uh, many of these pharmacies, what are you what are you seeing would be almost the barrier or um, some of the obvious um, kind of barriers or blocks in the road that are keeping them from being able to transform? 
Yeah, Ashley, that's a good point. Um, a lot of my pharmacies, and when there are struggles, it's a lot of the struggles that we all have every single every day um, in our pharmacies. So, and I think it boils down to a lot of not having other systems and processes in place in the pharmacy, um, and not being able to kind of handle any of those situations as they come up. So we're always kind of being reactive in the pharmacy workplace rather than being proactive um, to problems as they resolve. So making sure that our systems and our processes in our pharmacy, we got to make sure we have the efficiency to fill our prescriptions and take care of our patients down and then be able to, once those all of those aspects are neatly organized and, and put together, then focus on what can I do, what's more and what's next. Yeah, I, you know, I, I see that too. And if it, you go in a pharmacy that the pharmacist is is doing all the data entry in it, and uh, and they don't really have a good process of just even how to fill the prescription. It seems like it's chaotic just to get a prescription out the door. Um, those pharmacies always struggle with um, doing enhanced services. So I think at, at the core is you've got to get the the filling the prescription part down and a very good process in place for doing that before you tackle trying to, to, to do enhanced service as well. I, I agree with you, Joe. And I think, you know, looking back at um, the, the recent pharmacy that, that that I'm working in that was recently acquired, you know, it went from very much a focus of only filling the prescriptions and they were really good at it. The staff is, the staff is really good at that. But when you start adding in, delivery services and adherence programs and blood pressure screening like Kelsey's outlined for us today, immunization programs that that has never been offered here. There's so much to do and where do you start? And that's, I don't know if any of the listeners feel that way sometimes, but I, I, I just, it, there's so many directions you can go and it's really hard to narrow down, um, you know, Financial viability often directs that kind of next pathway, but there's so many things that you can do at once, and and that's the temptation is to jump into all of them at once, and you really don't get anywhere. Yeah, Ashley, you know, that brings up a really good point as well. Um, What I always, when I'm, yeah, I flip the pharmacy sites and I'm working with these pharmacies, I always encourage them to work on one thing that their pharmacy can do or and to really get in on that one thing and to make that process a solid process so that it's something they can do without even thinking about and not trying to do, so doing one thing really well um, rather than 10, 10 things um you know, kind of mediocre. So really focusing on um, that one thing, getting that process down to that one thing. Once that's a solid part of your workflow, then moving on to adding one more thing into that. So would you so, you say pick one thing that you're going to do and, and do a few patients on it and do that good? Or how would you, let's say the one thing that we're going to do is is immunization or sink or whatever it is. It doesn't doesn't really matter. But let's say that's that is the one thing that we're going to focus on. How would you uh, advise folks to approach that? 
Yeah. And it, you know, it definitely, um, the one thing shouldn't be one thing that you do once a month. It definitely has to be something that you're doing on a regular basis. So it's not forgotten about as well. Um, so thinking of you know, immunizations would be a great place to start or something that you can reliably do once a day, um, for a consistent month. So you kind of have a goal of what's, what, what can I do 30 times, um, within a month and what do I see that, um, that. So, cause if you, you start with a goal too big, you're going to get overwhelmed. But if these pharmacies start um, with a goal too small, it, it gets easily forgotten about. I like that. I, so is it, are you seeing, um, the progress emerge? So you noted that, you know, particularly with the blood pressure service, that there was kind of a stepping stone of activities. I mean, is, is 30 days of repetitive type of activities, the, the magic, and then you move on to the next step or what is the right and kind of what's the right time window that you've seen where it's okay then to start adding on the next layer of complexity? You know, I think 30 days is a, a really good thing um, to, to start with. I would say almost the, you know, giving it a 30-day trial period and then almost like a 30-day success period where, you know, the first 30 days you're really on your champions working with everyone and after it becomes almost streamless for 30 days, that's when you know you have the, the process down for your pharmacy and, and they're really working on it. So I think, you know, in my pharmacies and especially with Flip the Pharmacy, we have a new kind of initiative or intervention each month. And what I see a lot of times is my pharmacies, they're, they're doing a great job um, and kind of almost, I would say, a two-month period of doing the, the objective from the months before while they're getting started. So I think uh, a good 60 days or two months working on something would be what I would advise. So I want to go back to, to one thing you said earlier too, and because this is something that, that, uh, I think we don't emphasize enough and we're not important, don't put enough importance on it. And I think stores that are well-established and have very strong staffs and maybe, maybe staff that been with you for a number of years, you kind of, uh, they, I, I know my technicians read my mind. They, they know what I need before I know what I need most of the time. Um, but when we do something new, a lot of times I expect them to, again, read my mind on that and know what I'm doing. So maybe we don't always do a great job of communicating. And, and you you uh, indicated that communication was was a, a, a core factor in, in this to make sure that the whole team understood what you were trying to accomplish and how to do it. And, and you said something about meetings. One, are you seeing folks have regular meetings? And if so, what do you think is a good time frame? How often should they be? How long should they be? And, and two, what other, you mentioned the dashboard kind of as a way of communicating too. Well, you know, what else um, in, in terms of communicating with your staff that around the need to change and why you're changing and here's what we're doing in change? Yeah. Um, you know, I think one approach to meetings that I think has been particularly successful with pharmacies and instead of doing a once a month, you know, 30 minute, we're going to have everyone meet before the pharmacy kind of thing is to do more frequent, but, but shorter meetings with, with staff. And that kind of brings up the frequency, um, 
you know, mark. So whether I would say probably at least once a week, hey, we're going to do a five minute enhanced service check-in or a five minute immunization check-in or blood pressure check-in um, to see how our pharmacies are doing and how we're doing that. And I think the dashboard, which I was talking about earlier, can be kind of your tool to supplement your meetings and, and keep that in the forefront of your pharmacy's mind. So if, you're, if your initiative at your pharmacy is to gather blood pressure readings from patients, um, having that in a, a written document each day updating, hey, today we up, were able to gather 10 blood pressures from patients or, um, you know, and this week we've done five um, so they can see your progress. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's all great advice. Um, I think a lot of times we do. I know I'm very guilty of, of just that, assuming that everybody knows what's going on in my mind. And, and um, you know, I, know, I think another thing that, that we do in the communication side uh, is celebrating our successes. Um, when we do meet that metric or we do get close to that metric, that we, we take, you know, we take the time to stop and 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 celebrate. Hey, we hit we hit our goal. Here's a you know, here's a, a little reward or here's a just a, a big group hug or whatever it is that we're doing. But but taking time to to acknowledge that you hit the goal and acknowledge that it, it was the team's effort to to hit the goal. I think is extremely important. At least I feel it is with the teams that I'm working with. Yeah, and I, I love how, Kelsey, you mentioned it in the beginning as well that some people um, have their metrics kind of outlined or in an in a organized dashboard in their pharmacies. What are, you, what are you seeing in terms of how it's displayed, how often it's updated? You know, is it revisited or commented on? You know, or is it just something that gets dusty? Uh, uh, you do it one time and that data becomes old and a, a dusty painting on the wall. Yeah, um, I definitely see, I do see a range of it, but in my pharmacies that are successful uh, and I guess organization-wise, you know, usually it's a, a chart on the wall um, in, in an area that's commonly seen and it's updated daily for these pharmacies and, and worked on so that it's not forgotten about and it doesn't become that painting on the wall that they forget about. So um, keeping it, in mind and um, something that is worked on frequently. Dutton uh, Flip, the pharmacy, have some dashboards for some of the modules and that type of thing? Yeah, yeah. Yep, actually, Flip the Pharmacy, yeah, the, a lot of the dashboards that the pharmacies are using are provided by Flip the Pharmacy, and it was a really cool, it's this um, a whiteboard that you can get professionally printed with the metrics on it. So it already is easy to update. It looks aesthetically pleasing and it's something cool to look at in your pharmacy too. And they provided that um, for all of the flip the pharmacy. Well, that's, I, I, I really like what I've learned today um, from both Kelsey and Carly. And I do want to, uh, I want to encourage everybody to look at the, at the fellowship that, that NCPA has going. I think, I, you know, I, I can't think of anything more exciting than me is the, to be able to hang out in, in Amina Ababakar's pharmacy or, or Trip Logan's pharmacy and see what's going on behind the scenes. You know, even if it's even if it's virtually, I think that would be super exciting. And I think that the price point on that is uh, it, it, it's a steal when you think about what it would cost to, to train somebody uh 
for this type of thing. I, I think that, that that's a great offering that Kelsey has. I mean, that, that uh, Carly has. I, I knew I would mix them up today. That Carly has and NCPA is offering. Uh, you know, I just think it's at a great price point and a really reasonable way to to transform your practice. It doesn't happen. Um, you know, I can speak from experience. It doesn't happen overnight. It, it's a long journey that, that you build one piece at a time um, and, and it's taken one step at a time. And, and so this fellowship over, uh, you know, over a year really is not a year journey. It's, it's multiple year journey and it's setting up somebody to be the implementer, to be the change agent for, for that journey. And just like, um, you know, when we started this journey at Moose, it, we, we built on it, you know, in our pharmacies, year after year after year built on these programs. So I, I, I think my advice would be don't get discouraged when you try something and it doesn't work at first. Um, either keep with it or, or try something different because, you know, you're not going to do this overnight. You're not going to go to a meeting, bring home a notebook full of ideas and implement them over a couple months and, and go from nothing to to this stellar pharmacy. It's just a long, slow process. Yeah, I look forward also. Um, thank you, um, Kelsey and Carly, for your time today and sharing your ideas and, and the, um, the energy that you put behind helping to transform community pharmacy. I know um, the program implementation in both the, in both respects, both from developing a program to to, to train and educate and get that that type of um, that energy into deployed into multiple pharmacies as well as the coaching aspect that's being done on the clinical side is really important um, to all of our survival. So thanks for all that you do and um, thank you for being on the podcast today. You're welcome, Ashley. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks, guys. See everyone next week. The CPESN podcast is brought to you by Thrive Pharmacy Transformations. Production assistance is given by Mike Denninger and Suzanne Feeney. For more information, visit us online at cpesn.com and tptransformations.com.